I thought of was uh, your intro when we did the first season in that one episode. Your intro to it was about Baby Yoda being like a sadistic mother. <laughs> Dude, he's a totally yeah. sadistic. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Matt Heiner. Better red than dead. And Jay Vincent. Hey, what's going on, guys? So do you guys ever find yourself wondering if you should take the time to set your TiVo to record a show each week or spend the money on the streaming service or invest hours into binging that show that all everyone's talking about? Well, we're here to answer that question for you. We put TV shows on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. Check out our other episodes. You can also listen to us wherever fine podcasts are found, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Ghana, just to name a few, and it's always completely free. Today, we're reviewing season two, episode two of The Mandalorian called The Passenger, and uh, we've got some decent little talk points we'll jump into guys the first thing i want to jump into though is i know there's been a lot of questions out there i've seen them and and mattson brought this up to kind of be good to discuss the time frame of this show all together are you guys aware of when it takes place you know i, I mean no idea i okay. know it's post empire i would imagine <laughs> but beyond that jj honestly i think i like many listeners as jay mentioned as well don't really know so cool us. I will tell you, it takes place about five years after Return of the Jedi. So the year is 9 ABY, which stands for nine years after the Battle of Yavin, which is the Battle of Yavin that takes place in the first Star Wars episode four. So it's uh, five years after Return of the Jedi. So that's why you'll see post-Empire things that are going on. Plus, that's where it talks about this. So it's kind of that transition period. Well, that would make sense why those pilots said things are like, what, what do they say? In these trying times or something to that mm-hmm. extent. Yeah. I, so I've been reading the the Thrawn books um, and the mm. first series that came in the 80s from Timothy Zahn is five years after the Empire Falls and reading those books, as you would imagine with any transition of power, especially for the magnitude of what the Empire had, it's not just going to happen once the Emperor dies. Like, hey, everything's everything's going back to normal. Like everyone's bowing down, like go Republic. There's a lot of admirals and, and just people that are connected to the Empire that didn't want to see their position of power fall. So I'm curious to know now, with that being said, if they're going to it seems like Mandalorian is starting to weave some of those tendencies of more of the Star Wars universe into what we're going to see moving forward. So is this like, if I can imagine it, is it like the beginning of the First Order, which is the new trilogy? Yeah, so yeah. you'll this would be the start, and I think that's kind of what they're they're leaning yeah. towards, right? So you've got Moff Gideon, who's got the dark blade that you saw at the end of last season, that is obviously a remnant that has some semblance of power. It was quite a bit of soldiers and, and stormtroopers that he brought in there at the end. He had the death troopers with him. So he obviously carries some weight still and power. And I'm sure there's more factions just in that. But yes, this would be the beginnings, and it was really cool. It's just to tie it into you guys. So in the first episode of this season, the guy Cobb Vanth that Timothy Oliphant played. He was from, I mentioned earlier in the last episode, he was in a, from a book called the aftermath trilogy that also takes place. And it starts almost directly after. In fact, I think the first one actually takes place before the final or before Return of the Jedi ends. It's kind of in the midst of the original trilogy, but it also carries into that final battle. If you've watched the new trilogy of Jakku, 
where you find Ray, that Star Destroyer that she's going through, it's laying in the middle of Jakku. The book covers the Battle of Jakku, which is that where that mm-hmm. goes down. And so Cobb Vanth is part of that trilogy. So they're really starting to tie into with this show, even some of those, like you said, Jay, that transition into the First Order and and how everything's going on there. So it's it's mm-hmm. it's starting to bring in a lot of the big picture. Speaking of the Dark Saber, do you guys think now that this episode basically was like another side quest? Mm-hmm. And I remember when we not were even about basically, to do- Jay, straight up yeah. side quest. <laughs> <laughs> but when we were about to do the show, we were talking about it, and the news that was coming out was like Pedro Pascal wasn't really going to be in the show because John Fett said he wanted to focus on other characters. Whereas now, thinking of this guy who made Endgame, who basically made a movie where for Thanos, where the bad guy won for a year, I'm thinking that we might see some episodes without Mando and it will just focus on Moth Gideon and the Darksaber and then kind of tie in towards the end. Maybe. I wouldn't bother me. I think that'd be awesome because I want to freaking see the dark saber. I know, like, right? Show me the bad guy. Anything like it's cool. We had a frog in this episode, but don't get me wrong. I want to see some of the meat and potatoes. Yeah. So it's I, I don't think you're wrong, Jay. And I think there was actually a rumor out there. There were some difficulties on set this season. Pedro Pascal apparently like walked off set at one point. And so the rumors that I've heard, and this is all conjecture and rumor, but the rumor that I've heard is that he's at the Mandalorian himself. The character's only in like half the se- half the episodes in this season. Mm. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but my understanding is with the addition of the new characters that are coming, we definitely know that there are some serious characters coming in from the other shows that have been done, the cartoons. So with those plus Moff Gideon, plus all that, there's probably a good chance we're going to see a lot and at least a couple episodes that may not even include the Mandalorian at all, which is interesting. That's crazy. Cause when I heard that news and I remember talking to you about, it, I was like, I really hope they don't do that. Now I want them to do it. <laughs> like, please bring me the lightsaber, bring me Gus yeah. Fring. I want to see it. Yep. Yeah. I'm excited to see. Good old Giancarlo Esposito. He's so good. So I'm I'm waiting for his comeback. But so in this episode, let's jump right to the let's talk about this opening. I, I love that it jumps immediately into the leave off from last episode. So we see he's still driving through with the speeder on Tatooine and he's headed back to Mos Eisley and he gets hammered by this group that he gets clotheslined. Yeah, he gets clotheslined. You can see him setting up. By the way, have you guys seen The Counselor when they like uh, it's like a drug movie and there's a guy running drugs on a motorcycle and they seriously run a cable and they measure it to where the guy's head would be and it chops the motherfucker's head off. Yeah. Have I knew seen that, that wasn't going to happen in Star Wars with the yeah yeah, but, but still I was like <laughs> that would have been that would have been that would have gotten me to walk off set be like that's how I'm going out like episode two. yeah no kidding no I was waiting for it to hit him in the chest I thought um, it was a cool way to start the episode I mean I'm just gonna say it it was a cool way to start it but man I just want I wanted meat and potatoes and I knew it right away I was like we're 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 hitting a side quest again. <laughs> I thought of was uh, your intro when we did the first season in that one episode, your intro to it was about baby Yoda being like a sadistic motherfucker. Dude, he's a totally sadistic <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. He not only was it so adorable when he ran to uh, Mandalorian, but then when he did the jetpack, he was like, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, that's what I'm did talking he, about, bro. Did he go like <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, he like yeah. did his little giggle thing. It was like, what the hell? Yeah, he's oh, twisted man. that little dude. I like it. Well, and it gets even worse, right? So, like, we just talk about it. The fact that here's this cute, and I don't care how much cuteness you bring to the table, which he brings a lot of cuteness to the table. The problem is he ate this woman's children. <laughs> and I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> even it's a problem when he eats that last one oh, and you're like, oh shit they're not really safe are they <laughs> yeah i'm telling you it was terrible like I, and you knew because you see him eyeballing them when he first sees them so it was just like oh my gosh didn't he use the force for a second when he first saw him like he drew, drew him towards himself i was like yeah he my first thought was like maybe he knows where these frogs come from and m- maybe he like lives on that planet or something but then like he went back and i was like nah i think this baby's just hungry yeah yeah no i knew I know, as soon I kinda, as you saw a, him eyeballing him i was like oh he's gonna eat some of these it's gonna be yeah, a problem i had a question mark next to it in my notes for like the first half and i was like oh no he's just a fucking egg-eating monster man <laughs> but before that though i i remember i mentioned seeing an ant in a bar before they get on this whole trip, there's a fucking ant that gives them directions. And yeah. he's a gambler. His name is like Dr. Uh, Mandible. Dr. Mandible. I swear <laughs> from, uh, from uh, honestly, Frogger from Remoxy days, that has to be a term about ants. <laughs> I really think Mandible is like what their limbs are called. Yeah, it's uh, their, it was, their front teeth thing. Yeah. And I was just so amused by that whole scene when she's talking, even when she brought out the frog. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this is awesome. Well, and the ant is a take back. So Dr. Mandible was actually, he's in a background scene in the original Star Wars. He's in that same damn bar. So that's the Mos Eisley bar. That's where they meet Han and Chewie for the first time. In fact, the seat area in which they're sitting playing Sabacc, the two of them, is the same booth that, that Han shot uh... Greedo. Wow. So, How do you know it's the same booth? Because, I mean, it looked just like, but is there like a marker that you knew, like, this is the same damn booth? That's where the shot is. It's like well, it's, shot through the guy and it's on did, the chair now. Yeah. Well, that's so they, there's, I'm, I'm a level of nerd that I went and looked. <laughs> like, I went and compared the two <laughs> scenes. Um, and sure enough, it, it's exact. JJ, that, that is a level up. of nerd right Dude, there. That's, I, that's, uh, that's nerd. Yep. I'll tell you what, my my <laughs> I'm uh, proud of it. My nerd and my my sophistication of this is getting so well that when I saw the two sons in the first shot, mm-hmm. I was like, Well, that's tattooing. I know that much. Absolutely. The dual sons. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to kind of build off what you guys are talking about with, we go back to Pelimato, he wins, which was an epic scene when he sends the rocket launcher up, his <laughs> his jetpack up in the air and lets the dude just fall and you just crush and he just looks and does a little shoulder shrug like, eh. That was great. But then he he's tasked with he thinks he's failed to find Mandalorians, more Mandalorians. But we find out that there's someone that knows where a Mandalorian covert is. So that's where we introduced to this frog species, this lady that she's trying to get to this planet Trask in order to get to her husband who's set up there to have the last of her babies. She's got the container of babies and they are out in space. The last of her line, the last of her bloodline. Yeah, it's her last ability to have babies that will carry on her bloodline. So yeah, it's it's pretty, but they can't jump to light speed because it'll mm. kill the eggs. It'll destroy the eggs. So now they have to, which I was like, that's convenient, but whatever. Yeah, you think about that, you're <laughs> yeah. like, okay, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll accept it because of what they did with the episode with the X with the X Wings. Man, yeah. it, it blew me away. It blew me away. 
Yep. You get in, these two X-Wings pop out, and they're there kind of patrolling the area, and they start talking to him. And again, one of them is Dave Filoni, who's doing his guest star, who's the one of the producers and writers of the show, and then, again, handled the Rebels and, and Clone Wars show. Those were his shows. So he's one of them, and I don't know who the other one is. I didn't actually look it up to see who it was, but there is that cameo. And they start talking to him, and they want, they want his registration. Basically, he doesn't have it because he's pre- empire and the empire never required it but now we find out that the new republic does so we start to see that there's even they've kind of upped the level of policing in order to catch former imperials so i found that very interesting that they were tying in this whole here the new republic's there it's early on and it's it's growth and it seemed at first that they're very imperial like in my opinion like where they even up the law game in order to make it tougher so what'd you guys think about that for me i mean i kind of backing up a little bit i I think star wars is so i'm I'm not at the level near to jj but one thing i want to compliment star wars on is the sounds it's Mm. i know what an x-wing sounds like i could tell before like even coming on screen when they later on when they fire their blasters yeah i I was like i just i knew what it was and i know that's marking of a good show because you just you they stay true to it i thought that was really cool but is it cool to see an x-wing again oh yeah like it's nostalgic you're like oh man like these mm-hmm. ships it, it was funny though later when they ragged on his razor que- razor crest with the honda civic um, of star wars because <laughs> they were like bashing a ship like oh it's so old but to me like x-wings they look old to me because mm-hmm. it, it's just weird how that is but i guess so like new age tech and everything so seeing all that but i thought it was that's what i liked about this episode because it linked what i knew in previous star wars in the universe and bringing it to to mandalorian and make it fresh and current so i thought it was just nostalgic and, and a fun connection and if we get more of that connection into the kind of the republic post-empire things like that i think it's only going to strengthen my love for this new universe i agree and i i was so blown away because i've been pulled over a bunch of times guys and um <laughs> i've actually been like I've been arrested for um, having a rosary dangling from my rear view uh, in D.C., like just stupid crap. Wow. But one time when I wasn't doing anything, I was home from college. My brother it was Christmas Eve, man. We uh, and my brother is just a crazy. He's ran from the cops multiple times. This was the first start. I was in the car. And honestly, we had a baby Yoda. My nephew, Dakota, who was like one year old at the time, is still in the baby seat. We're driving down Frederick and like he speeds past the state trooper and the trooper gets on us and he has no license and he just knows that. I don't know why he's driving. Honestly, it's costing me money because he does it under my name sometimes. <laughs> but dude, we're on one lane highway, just like the the they showed in the episode. And when they switch channels and the guy was like, switch channel nine, like that's where you're at. You know, when you're pulled over, you're like, what the fuck? Why are they talking to each other and not talking to me? <laughs> and, uh, and then that's when you really got to decide. One time I almost put my foot to the lever because I knew my license was suspended, but I didn't have the balls to do it. Yeah. My brother did it. And just like in the show, he's like weaving through traffic, like he's weaving through clouds and then cuts on a side road the same way he kind of like spins his thing around and drops. And then he got away. But then like two months later, because he was on their radar from that. Luckily, I I got away. He did it again and got away. But when he came home, they had the whole area blocked off (laughs) just to catch him. (laughs) But they did it perfectly, man. They did it just like in real life. Like anytime I've been pulled over and like the second cop says, something to the first cop i'm like fuck i'm fucked this sucks 
<laughs> Jake, great story. Yeah. Uh, linking it to that because how the cops found uh, your brother and roped everything up. How did the and the X-Wings find Mando later on? I know they have a bevy of sensors and things like that, but how would they have found him? Because he was underneath the sheet of ice. Where they, I'm sure they're probably still patrolling looking for him, but how would they have found mm-hmm. him, JJ? So my guess was, and this is all speculation, it's the only thing that makes sense to me, though, is I'm sure they have sensors running and you have that many life forms running around at one time. And all of a sudden, it just comes out of nowhere, which we'll talk about. But that part, I'm sure, triggered something. And then they're they're probably scaling it. And it's an ice planet, right? So it's not like there's a lot that they're going to be looking yeah. for. He's going to be in a pretty specific vicinity or they'd be able to see a ship flying, things like that. So you look down, you see a giant hole or a weird and plus all the life forms that I'm sure their scanners and their droids, their R2 unit on the back of their X-Wings would pick up. So that would be my guess as to how they found him. But speaking of that, it was a cool chase scene. And I love when yeah. he takes the Razor Crest full into like that 180 mode and just kind of sits it down, and lets it slide into this little cave. I was like, yeah, he got away. Oh, shit. <laughs> and he falls into the hole. I was like, that's not good. And then the whole ship's just tore up. So. It definitely is a civic of the spaceship fan. Yeah, thing just <laughs> yeah dude. And it still <laughs> flies. That thing, yeah. like, I mean, we, we season one stripped for parts, put it back together. And then he sees that he's trying to like do some soldering thing where I'm like, bro, that's not going to work. You're yeah. effed. And it's still some flies. And then this whole bevy of like space alien, like, spiders just come in and this thing still flies i'm really impressed like if you need a like a star wars vehicle probably should get one of those yeah one of my notes was like damn fixing spaceships must be easy because also (laughs) they were freezing too so he got it done in a reasonable amount of time well and i love the scene too where she calls him out so that she fixes the robot from episode six in the first season the droid zero and so he's talking she's talking to him through this droid and like calls his ass out like look dude you're full of shit man you said you were going to get me to this planet and your code is a mandalorian i've heard these rumors apparently the stories are not true because you guys once given your word you have to fulfill that so the stories must be bullshit and you can just see him be like damn it And get up. And I love the visual of his suit, like his the Beskar steel freezing. Like is yeah. it frost over and you can see the progression of the ice on his his uh, armor is I loved how they use that to show how long he's been yeah. out trying to fix the shit for a while before the child comes running out like, uh, she's gone, dude. <laughs> and she found like a freaking jacuzzi. Man. And then they got into basically I mean, you have seen a lot of movies. It made me think of Alien. Yeah. The yep. way I didn't, I, and I, maybe you guys did, maybe JJ did because he's super observant. I didn't notice those eggs, obviously, until Baby Yoda made us clearly notice those eggs. You're like, oh, okay, this baby's just hungry all the time and willing yeah. to eat whatever it is. And then all of a sudden they start always hatching. I was like, well, it made me think of Alien. I was like, oh my gosh. And then they combined it with like Harry Potter with the Harry Potter Chamber of Secrets with the spiders and everything. Oof. Yeah. Although it, the spiders definitely, they were JJ Abram type yeah, uh, spiders yeah. when they came mm-hmm. in. It was like clo- 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were yeah. scary. Frost, oh, giant yeah. frost spiders with fucking weird ass teeth and they spit webs out from their freaking mouth not from their backside <laughs> yeah so cool story about the spiders there's two references to them previously so the first reference Thank i can see it for jj because i know right did not know this <laughs> i just thought they were i honestly thought jj abrams came in and was like throw some fucking spiders in there bro no man so 
these spiders and specifically these spiders came from concept art from Empire Strikes Back. So the original idea for these spiders that are in this episode were actually to be on Dagobah when Luke lands on Dagobah to see Yoda. The idea was for him to have to fight one of these. So here's this. I'll pull up this image. Here's the the actual spider image. So you can see it's almost an exact replica to the spitting out of the eggs. Mm -hmm. You can see all the little eggs on the ground there. So small image. I wish I had a bigger one, but that is the concept art for Empire Strikes Back. Now, the other reference to those spiders is Dave Filoni used them in Rebels, a version of them. They're called Krikna in Rebels, the TV show. They're a little different in that. They're on a different planet. It's not an ice planet. It's a planet where the, the one of the original Rebel bases are set up, and they actually have to use a sound to get rid of these spiders. So in Rebels, the spiders are almost impervious to blaster fire, which is another difference between those and these ones. The full-size ones are impervious to blaster fire on their body. They have to shoot them in the eye to actually kill them, but then they use sound this big sound barrier that they set up around their base that keeps the spiders away so they don't actually kill too many of them except when they attack certain members of the rebel the rebels crew so krikna is what they're called in there but they have beaks in the tv show they kind of toned them down they don't have those wicked teeth in the round but you can see this one's more like the one in that image is more like that so it's kind of a cool reference to how they're they're bringing back things from the past and using those references from other things that they've done throughout the universe but the spiders were creepy as hell Star Wars is really good at creating adorable and creepy creatures. <laughs> yeah. Also really great at Easter eggs because to take something from concept art and be able mm-hmm. to put it, it mm-hmm. functioning into a story as big as The Mandalorian is like such a deep cut. It's one of the things that if I was a director, I would wish I could do. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So a couple other things, they finally get out. And this is part the part that I really loved. And it kind of saved the episode because I was I'm kind of like you, Matt. So I was feeling a little frustrated because I'm like, Ugh, I love everything about this episode. If it was like if it wasn't the second episode and I want to dive into the story, like I know last season, episode six was completely pulled out of the actual story. It was random. They're in the prison. So it didn't it was weird, but I was OK with it because it was so much story before that right Mm -hmm. this one it's like especially this episode so early to where there's very little tie-in to the story that we're waiting for traveling trying to find mandalorians to get this kid back to the jedi or at least his own species if they can find him so i was a little frustrated but what really saved it for me was the end i love the tie-in to the new republic but at the end when the the x-wings find him they save the ship by killing all the spiders he comes out and they reference last season episode six you tried you risked your life to save the guy that was on the prison ship. You're also, there's a warrant for your arrest because you were there and you helped that prisoner escape, but you also caught baseball helmet guy. Yeah. Yeah, Baseball helmet guy. Mm. So you you tried to save him. You risked your life to try to save him. And you gave us three criminals for the price of one, basically. So I like the, this is where the difference you see up front that the the new republic's becoming almost imperial right they up the laws they're checking things they go into their x-foil position their battle positions before they even try to reason with this guy but then at the end the difference between them and the empire right the empire wouldn't have given a shit the old empire would have destroyed him killed him taken the child whatever they wanted whereas the new republic made a choice at that moment right the two of them said we're gonna let you go you gotta get your own self out of this damn hole that you've dug but we're not going to take you in we're not going to arrest you because we're balancing the sheet right we're balancing your account 
and we've realized that you did good things, you did bad things, and we'll just let it be. You've done more good than harm. So I really liked that tie-in and how not only did they tie it to the original first season's episodes and tie that whole story together and how it impacts the whole Star Wars universe, but it, it they've tied it into the Star Wars universe. So I do like that, I but I am waiting for more direct content for these two characters. Yeah, I just, I mean, I respect everything you said there, JJ, and I like the tie at the end, but man, I episode three, I, for the average, just some special people that want just a continuation of the story, they got to give us something. Like, they yeah. just have to. Yeah, I was expecting, like, something to drop after the credits almost. But to get back to what you are saying about the X-Wing fighters, I really, really appreciate that because, honestly, now thinking about it, it's almost a great episode on how policing should go because (laughs) the beginning is not what you want, right? But I've also done really stupid stuff. One time I was going, like, 100 miles an hour and got pulled over and just reasoning with the guy about why I was doing it, he was like, all right, just slow down, man, and let me go. And so I've had those moments too. And and exactly like that, where he's like, well, can you help me? And they're like, nah, man, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, I liked that part. I liked the tie-ins. But overall, I it was a fun episode because it was tense and it was creepy. And there was some really cute moments and some really creepy moments. But as a whole, I was, as in much as I enjoyed it, I was disappointed as well because I was waiting for, I'm, I'm yeah. waiting for that meet, like you say, Madsen. So it's I get that. Not to, it's hard not to be disappointed in that regard, mm. because we're watching this for the continuation of something they set up at the end of, of season one. And for me, season one, I liked it, but I liked the ending episode, especially seven and eight, because I hit home a narrative I was excited for in season two. And that's where my disappointment comes in, because there's so much to continue from that. But we've, mm-hmm. we've paused twice in a row with these episodes, where it's been visually appealing, well-acted, really interesting characters and in worlds but what's moff gideon doing like show me anything any of that stuff or the the shock trooper who i forget her name i just i want to see it and that's where my frustration comes in i feel like most people are probably in the same boat and there's got to be a reason why they've done it this way but I still think they could have given us some tidbits to say, hey, we're, we got to start here, but here's here's something, a flash in the Moff Gideon or a shock troop, whatever it is. And that's what I'm missing. I agree. Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember from Endgame when uh, the beginning of the last Endgame where Hawkeye's like, all right, you see where we're going? Now we got to get there. Apparently that was like the motto for Marvel and they mm-hmm. knew where they were going. And it seems like this one they don't. Like, honestly, there's so many strings to pull on because even with him having Boba Fett's armor, I thought that would come into play or like there's just Mm -hmm. so many strings to pull on that they're not. (laughs) They're just keeping us at bay with just these side missions and like they got to give us something. You're absolutely right. I hope so. We did find out today, just as a final note before we end this, they announced today the director of episode four, which is exciting. It's Carl Weathers. It's actually. Oh, wow. uh, Yeah. yeah. So he's he's directing episode four. So he he has directed. I'm excited to see how that plays out. So I'm hoping at bare minimum episode four, we get Grief Karga back and we get Cardoon. And so I'm hoping that. I'm sure he probably would direct himself, honestly. That would make yeah, sense. Yeah, that, that hey, made sense. Hey, that, that was a good scene. Great job, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pat the back. Yeah. Uh, are, there, so. are there only eight episodes this season again, JJ? Yep, still yeah, only they, eight episodes. They've, they've got it. They got six left and they got a lot to tell. Yes. Yes, they do. So. All right. Well, probably will, though. It'll probably end up being amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm sure it'll start slow and strong. I mean, if it doesn't, then I'm going to be really, really sad, but probably will do that. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think there's just too much that we know that's going to happen with the new characters for it to continue to be this. I think maybe this is just like the calm before the storm. Get everybody back into the series and remembering why we loved it for the visuals and the acting and the story's pretty fun, even when it's not about the story at large. And then when it takes off, it's going to go nuts, I think. So I really hope anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our uh, verdict for season two, episode two of The Mandalorian, The Passenger. Any final thoughts before we go, guys? Honestly, I wanted to try to maybe plug something. Uh, yeah, please got do. So interested now in podcasting that I've been trying to think of just different things that I could do. One idea that I do have that kind of ties into the, what we were talking about today is I brought up some life stories, and mm-hmm. that's called war stories, like mm-hmm. in prison or wherever. And there's a Tupac song called Trading War Stories. And uh, I've talked to certain people, like, it doesn't even have to be criminal, like just your best drunk story. I want to find out those stories. You know what I mean? I want to yeah. interview people and have them tell them. So honestly, maybe look out for that this month. I'm trying to maybe launch with that. Okay. Everybody first watch for that because it sounds like that's a great idea. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, we, we got a bundle, you know, our family. I was going to say, but like, yeah, let's get you under the what's our verdict media hat, man. We've got that set up. So uh, I think we can, you know, get you in and continue helping use our platform to promote you. And then we just kind of continue to do that because i think it's a fantastic idea so hey i'm game so mattson why don't you tell them where they can find us yeah real quick you guys they can find us at what's our verdict.com check out our instagram and facebook pages we've got what's our verdict tv where you'll find mandalorian and some other shows like the boys as well and then uh, what's our verdict movies where we're going to be continuously dropping new releases and and movies of old especially with covid kind of putting a damper on in theaters but come check us out we're excited to to have you listen with us and get excited for jay's new uh show as well yeah all right guys well we appreciate you tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one bye bye bye